0: You're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, hosted by Rev Yearwood, Mustafa Santiago Ali, and me, Antonique Smith. Each week, we host important conversations with innovators, policymakers, cultural influencers, and movement leaders who are leading the way to a 100% clean energy and just world.
1: Welcome to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. I am Rev Yearwood, president and CEO of the Hip Hop Caucus.
2: And I am Mustafa Santiago Ali, senior vice president of the Hip Hop Caucus. Welcome to our radio show and podcast that delivers real talk on climate change and environmental justice. No sides, just the facts and stronger communities. And I know we got Antonique.
1: Antonique, are you there? I'm
3: here. I'm here. How
1: you doing? Are you I, I, are you boycotting your own show? <laughs> <laughs> that ladies so and gentlemen is the other third part, the co-host in and on the West Coast, which we all yes. be at on on the West. We the best coast. But, you know, I'm I'm actually from the I'm from the, from the South, so not really, it's not the East Coast, I'm from West the coast.
3: East
1: coast. That's right. So right, there you um, go.
3: But I am I am on the West Coast right now,
1: and it is all good. There it is. All right, there's our co-host for Think One Percent. Anthony Smith, Grammy-nominated actress, extraordinaire, environmentalist, here with us, Make, <laughs> making it happen. And we we want to thank everybody at WPFW um, for always hosting us here in the studio. And a big thank you for all of our listeners who tune in each
2: week. We love you all. And you can check out the show's blog at think100.info. Let me say that again. Grab yes. your pens. Think 100 dot info. Incredible, incredible amount of information that's there. All the folks who have been on the show in the past and where we're going in the future. And also be sure to follow us online at Think 100 show.
1: Um, Now, Mustafa and Antonique, we have some big things happening in the environmental world today and some big things that are coming up. So, you know that we want to bring these amazing things um, to our audience, so Antonique, um, you know, I would love for you to say what's going on in San Francisco. But let me actually just do this right now because this is actually very, very important. If you're tuning in to Think One Percent, please call in to the show. Um, this is actually a special show that we'll be talking about the Global Climate Action Summit and Rise for Climate. Um, the Global Climate Action Summit and the Rise for Climate. You can call in at 202-588-0893, uh, 202-588-0893. So with that, Anthony, can you explain? I think it's very important. One of the things here on the show is that a lot of times people have no idea What in the world? We have a whole new audience of young people. Um, Shout out to our folks at Zero Hour and all other young folks around the country who who are tuning in. We have young folks. A lot of times... You know, uh, they say, "What are those acronyms? What are you talking about?" We may say, "We're well, we going GCAS. and they're like, "What in the world is GCAS? You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's, what is what is that? So, for this, for those, we make sure those understand it is the Global Climate Action Summit, and it is very, very, very important for our movement. So, Anthony, can you give us a little breakdown on what's what is what is gcas and what's happening?
3: Yes, sir, Rev. I cannot wait. I'm going to be in San Francisco next week at the Global Climate Action Summit. It's going to be so very exciting. This summit will bring leaders and people together from around the world to take ambition to the next level. Mm. It'll be a moment to celebrate the extraordinary achievements of states, regions, cities, companies, investors, and citizens with respect to climate action. So, okay, so since Trump took office, there has not been a whole lot of good things happening. But this amazing thing has been happening. States, cities, counties, businesses, campuses, sports teams, music venues, religions, and on and on are stepping up to act on climate. That has been happening since Trump took office. So I'd say that's one good thing, one one rare good thing that's been happening (laughs) since he took office. And next week is going to be a big moment for our movement to mm. propel itself in the right direction when it comes to protecting our communities and this planet.
1: I like to hear we that. We only
3: have one of them. We only have one planet. May <laughs> so need, need two though. It. You know,
1: we may, we may need, we may need two <laughs> at, at the rate <laughs> these folks are drilling in everything else. But oh I digress. God. It's a little rough.
3: Oh my God. I know. Uh, and for, <laughs> for us. We're going to be there to make sure justice is at the forefront. I love that. Yes. Mustafa, I hear you're going to be there for the big march on Saturday. What's going on with that?
2: Oh, yeah. The march is going to be incredible. Everybody, if you have not yet put this on your calendar, make sure you write it down right now. Type it in on September the 8th in San Francisco. The march for climate, jobs, and justice. Say it again. March for climate, jobs, and justice. March for climate, jobs, and justice.
3: And justice yes. but, but
2: but question,
1: Anthony Mustafa, are you marching in the blazer too? And no, y'all. And hopefully y'all don't know. You know, I'm all ah, Mustafa make sure is that I'm the well. Don't, see, he don't. He don't take he the blazer. You know what I'm saying? I we, we I've never seen. <laughs> but I've on Mustafa forever, and, uh, oh, he, got a, he got the blazer. I'm trying to figure out if he to march in the blazer. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm always, not, so no, no, no shade shout out to 350 we hope that no, this, this is a call in show so 350 if you out there you got to call in that represent for you know for the rise for climate this is real serious and all those who are part of that I want to and I heard listen there's going to be like hundreds of marches going around the world which is I'm excited for that because we need to have folks in the streets but back yeah. to this blazer though Mustafa you yes. going to be out there with the blazer and, I'm going to make sure know. it's
2: tight I always make sure that it's tight my mama said <laughs> hey. make sure as a young man hey, of color hey, that you right. always Looking good, and that your game is tight. So most yeah. definitely. Okay. And since I don't get so by, that? I don't have San to worry Francisco. About it. <laughs> Listen, if you if you're gonna be in San francisco you don't Fran. need to
1: come out just to, to see that Mustafa <laughs> that out hilarious. there marching with the blazer on. think one the said that's right. Coolest get, show on get climate your cameras, Get your cameras. Get your cameras ready. No doubt about it. Get your <laughs>
2: But on all seriousness, this is a very very important moment. We are making sure that our communities, that our voices are a driver in the process. Mm. And the beauty of this march is that it is leading before GCAS even starts. It is setting a framework for what our expectations are of ourselves, but also of our elected officials and how we are going to hold people accountable in that process.
1: Mustafa, explain. And I think you got to break that down a little bit so folks understand that next week is the Global Climate Action Summit. Mm-hmm. Leaders from all over the world are coming together. Um, we're going to have some very serious conversations. But when you said that people will be in the streets, it's very important because it's good to be in the suites. It's also important to be in the streets. And so why is that important for folks to be in the streets that weekend before this action next week?
2: It's real simple, as we often say here on the show, and you will hear it inside of the movement, that the impacts that happen from fossil fuels, these impacts that are happening from extreme weather events, they have a disproportionate impact on communities of color, on low income communities, on indigenous populations. Mm. So we have to not just be at the table. We have to be taking a leading part in the development, the design and the implementation of the things that are going to go forward. So when you look at GCAS, there are a number of, you know, really well-meaning folks who are in that space. But if you're not represented by the people who are being most impacted, then there is a missing component to that. And that's, again, why I think the march is so important. It is that's setting right. the framework for what the expectations are. The march, along with other actions that are happening, are saying that there should no longer be fossil fuel drilling, especially in the state of California. So they are holding the governor accountable for his decisions, both those that will be positive positive. Uh, and hopefully he will continue to make those, but also those that may be negative and may be impacting these communities uh, in an even greater way. And I want to make sure folks understand that this is not the only march. There are hundreds of other marches that are happening across the planet. So folks should understand that this is a global movement. This is an opportunity for folks to connect, and it's also an opportunity for us to make sure that our future is moving in the right direction. And for those of you uh, who want to make sure that you're getting More information for those of you who want to see some of the photos who want to see some of the video that's going to be out there. I want you to make sure that you write down this hashtag, which is rise for climate. You'll be able to if you can't make it for whatever reason. Uh, to one of the marches, and you want to follow online with all the incredible energy that's happening, definitely go to hashtag RiseForClimate. And also, if you want to get more information and be included in one of these marches that's happening around the globe, go to RiseForClimate.org, RiseForClimate.org. So
1: two things I want to do on that. I want to make sure folks call it in because this is actually a special show on not only the Global Climate Action Summit, but it's also a discussion on the rise for climate marches that are happening all over, not only in San Francisco, but all over the country and the world. So please call in wherever you are, uh, at 202-5880893. That's 202 893 And I'm, we actually, I'm going to let. Our dear sister co-host, you know, she is an actress, so she actually has to go do some of those <laughs> things. So we're gonna cut you loose now, so you All can right. go do some, go do some acting out there in Hollywood. Well, and, so uh, let me say, and, and, don't and, make
3: sure y'all come to San Francisco next week, cause I have a special little surprise, a little something that I'm doing, so y'all do not wanna miss it, uh, after our Think 100 live show we're doing. I like I know that. going to talk about that later, but you know, I just wanna let everybody know it. it's gonna be a little special surprise. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna talk about it right. i to talk about it right now, actually. Oh, okay, I <laughs> ain't gonna be a surprise no more. I'm, I'm gonna talk about it right now. All uh, right, I, I, I'm gonna get into it. But thank you, Aunt, and this actually. Thank you. Thanks. Love and, you guys. No, I love you too. Stay strong, right. and look forward now. to seeing you next week out, out there at the Global Climate Action Summit. Yes, see you next um, week. definitely. And so. Uh, and what Anthony was talking about is that we are doing, um, Our Village and today, uh, well, we, 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 we've, we've been announcing Our Village, um, with our good friends, if not us, then who, um, the Our Village, um, convening is a culture hub and it is an immersive experience bringing indigenous peoples, communities of color and grassroots voices to the forefront of the global climate action summit. There'll be four days of events that create a high profile. Uh, informal space where leaders and activists and, 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 and artists and cultural influencers and many, many others will be coming together. I actually want to make sure that folks check this out at rvillage.us. I'm very actually excited about this because this is a space that we will be convening. So please right now, right? This is a lot of information we're going to give you tonight, but go to rvillage.us. I do want to mention a few things that we'll be doing. There'll be some movie screenings. There'll be some, 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 some uh some VR mm-hmm. virtual reality presentations will, as Anthony mentioned, we will be having on on September twelfth. If you're out there, a special Think One Percent um and uh broadcast. And I guess the, can we announce anything for that process, Mustafa, or just we're
2: gonna keep it like Anthony. We're gonna keep it a surprise. But you definitely want to be surprise. tuned
1: in. We want to keep it there, but I want everybody to make sure you go to rvillage.us. That will be part of what is, what is happening. Now let me actually put this into a framework. I want to get into, cause we actually, we have a special show, and, as I mentioned, you know, when we, 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 Anthony is, is there, but we actually gonna fill in the gap, because we got somebody here in the studio with us, who's gonna, who's gonna fill in right here with us, uh, our dear sister Clara von Rich is going to be with us. She, she's actually here, not with us. She's here <laughs> with us,
4: live and in charge.
1: Live and in charge. She is the U.S. lead on divest invest. Clara, how are you doing?
4: I'm doing fantastic, Rev. I'm so pleased to be here, and I wanted to just give you guys a huge shout-out for doing the show. You know, the mainstream media has really abdicated its role to talk about the greatest challenge of our time, which is climate change, and you guys are really doing a service by hosting a show that's dedicated to that issue.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I want to get into something things from my book. Let me show folks now. I want to open up the lines. Um, so for all the folks who are working on either the things going on in California or all over this country in regards to either the Global Climate Action Summit, either the going regarding environmental justice. If you want to talk about Our Village, we can talk about that. Just make sure you go to ourvillage.us to check out what we're talking about. Or the Rise for Climate. You know, we want to definitely talk about the March for Climate, uh, Jobs, and Justice. And we're going to have – I want you to call. If you are working on these things and you're dealing with these things, it's coming up. This is your show uh to get it in so
4: as we're waiting for uh, folks to call in if you wouldn't mind I just no
1: no no we're going to go right I want to go right to you wanna, I want right to I, right. I, I, I wanna give you the lead in the le- le- right. le- let me give you the lead in so we can make sure because as a part of this movement um, this part of this movement is a huge thing regarding divest invest and I know there's going to be a lot of things that are happening around that so before you go about what we're doing out there in San Francisco if you could tell us what that is that would be very helpful for our audience as well.
4: Absolutely. So um, as Rev mentioned, my name is Clara Vondrich, and I'm the director of Divest Invest. And we are a network of grassroots organizers around the world as well as financial analysts. And our mission is to undercut the financial and political power of the fossil fuel industry and to inspire investors to move their money from the past to the future. Mm. We have a super big announcement coming up at GCAS on September 10th, if you're in San Francisco, drop by the American Bookbinders Museum at 3 p.m. We have our annual State of the Divestment and Clean Energy Reinvestment Movement press conference, and we will have a host of new announcements and new commitments that we'll be making there. So I hope that you'll you'll tune in and check us out. Um, but I'd really like to start by talking about what divestment is and why it matters. No, go ahead. Divestment is really just a boycott, y'all. It simply means pulling our money out of or disinvesting from companies that do harm. During apartheid South Africa, divestment was used to boycott an industry that kept the people in chains because of the color of their skin. Today, we're using divestment as a boycott to the fossil fuel industry who's keeping the people and the planet in chains based on just the urge to make a buck. Every mm. year, y'all, we watch people suffer and die in wildfires, floods, heat waves, and famine. And these intensifying impacts are the direct result of the heating of the planet by fossil fuels. Yet, at the same time, the industry shirks any and all responsibility, declaring that it will keep digging fossil fuels out of the ground no matter what the cost. Mm. But their dirty work is only possible if someone pays for it. And today, investors around the world are saying no climate change will not happen on my dime. At Divest Invest, we believe that investors, with their trillions of dollars in assets, literally have the power to make or break the future. They also have a profound moral duty to use their power of the purse in protest to an industry that's marching us towards climate chaos. Putting putting it very simply, fossil fuels are heating the planet, and cold, hard cash is fueling the fossil fuel industry. We have to cut off the head of the snake. We have to pull our money out of the industry and redirect that cash to the companies and the communities that are building a just, sustainable, and resilient future for all of us. The coolest thing about divestment is that all of us can play a part in it. It's the ultimate democratic tool for climate action. All right, now. We have to remember that this was a movement started by students, not investors with deep pockets. Mm. Students called on their universities to pull their money out of a fossil fuel industry that was unleashing a wrecking ball on their future. Mm. So even if you don't have personal investments, we can all call on the institutions that we're a part of to divest. This includes our churches, our banks, our insurance companies, our schools, our cities, and our pension funds. This isn't about changing light bulbs. It's about changing the system. Come on, now. come on. on. Yeah, here. go ahead. And hey. it's happening and it's happening happen. no, and it's happening. Keep... It's on now. happening from a scrappy band of college kids that got this kicked off in 2011. The call to divest and reinvest has become a global phenomenon that has literally moved trillions of dollars in service to the clean energy transition. Mm. From the beginning, students advanced a moral case because they knew it was wrong to support an industry that was destroying the people and the planet. And that moral case continues to drive investments today as doctors, philanthropists, faith leaders, universities, and cultural institutions are divesting in force. But I'll tell you something. The really transformative thing that happened over the past few years is that the financial case for fossil fuel divestment has caught up to the ethical case. Mm. Fossil fuel companies like Exxon, they used to be the backbone of the global economy. They were delivering strong and reliable returns to investors. But over the past five years, y'all, Fossil fuel companies have been among the worst performers in the global economy. And this isn't going to change because of a few temporary blips in the oil price. This is a structural shift. This is the end of an era. That's why massive global insurers and pension funds are divesting. The risk of staying in fossil fuels is simply too high. This summer, something groundbreaking happened. Ireland became the first country in the world to divest
1: Mm, love that
4: and you know when the when the call of a grassroots campaign becomes the policy of nations a paradigm shift is occurring talk about the streets to the suites y'all so not only is it wrong to invest in fossil fuels you're losing money if you're doing it independent analyses have shown that leading pension funds and universities in this country have left billions of dollars on the table for refusing to divest That's money that could have funded thousands of scholarships and tuitions. That's billions that's being ripped out of your retirement. Fossil fuels are burning the planet and your portfolio. Mm. The next phase of the movement has got to be on lifting up the invest side. Even though solar and wind are cheaper in most parts of the world than fossil fuels, we literally have to rebuild the global economy. Some have estimated that we need to invest at least a trillion dollars in clean energy each year just to keep climate change in check. But we also, and this is the most important part and I'll wrap up, we also have to be super clear about- Take time,
1: come on take your time now, come well, on We now. have to
4: be super clear now about what the new energy future looks like and who it serves. As Quentin Sankofa of Movement Generation put it so eloquently, transition is inevitable, but justice is not.
1: Mm. Come on, Clay. I like. I like. We can't. We can't afford.
4: We can't afford to recreate the same monopolies and power structures of the past. The shift to clean energy carries loads of risk Mm. and opportunity, as we can either double down on historical injustice to vulnerable communities, or we can intentionally focus on giving them agency in the new energy economy.
1: I love it, I love it. So, so of all that, but Claire, so I, 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 I want to squeeze out of you. So you, you're making this huge announcement on Monday, correct?
4: That's correct.
1: So we can't squeeze out you a little bit of like, <laughs> like, anything. What's going? We can
4: Well, I can tell you this. Okay, um, come on, come on. At our Give first us. movement press conference back in 2014, we were super excited because we announced that investors managing assets of 52 billion dollars had committed to divest. Hmm. I'll just say that today, that number is in the trillions, Mm. with a capital T. All right. And I'll also say that the movement, like I said, has moved from being just a moral call to action to one that's being driven as a matter of financial and fiduciary duty. And that means that really big insurance companies, really big pension funds, cities and states are now committing to divest. And those are some of some of the announcements that we'll be making. And I'll also say one last thing before I totally scoot myself. Um One of the most important things that's happened this summer, and I can say this because this is already public, but healthcare institutions are divesting in force. This summer we've seen the American Medical Association, the Royal College General Practitioners in the U.K., as well as the Australian Students Medical Associations all commit to divest. Mm -hmm. And you know what's so important? Doctors have such a unique voice on this issue. They are really in a special position to connect the dots to our families, our communities, and our lives today.
1: So Claire, I want to thank you for that and, and I know you're going to hang around with us and for folks, if you have a question for her regarding divest, invest, I have a lot of questions. I, I, we're going to have to have you come, have you come back because I think there's so many things. Shout out Ellen Dorsey folks over there, Walls Global for the other another foundation so i know are pushing the foundation world but with that being said i know a lot of foundations still receive their money from the fossil fuel mm-hmm. industry and so a lot of shame sc- on you <laughs> come on say, I, I well, sound you. like me now Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so i just want to you know that, better you but, need to but, do but, better come on so so we're going have to have you back so we can get so we can get into <laughs> we can get into the conversation Conversation. Well, for this one, for those who are tuning in, Claire will going to be with us to discuss more about diabetes. She's going to be out there as well, out there in San Fran. Mustafa, I I know people are texting in and tweeting in, and we have folks calling. So if you're calling in, please call in. Anything about regarding the Global Climate Action Summit, call in at 202-588-0893. Mustafa, you got a question off the line. What, what's happening there?
2: Yeah, we have a caller named Ahmed, and Ahmed's question was, uh, what he would like to know is, uh, you know, what is the point of the official side events at GCAS? Mm. Um, you know, is it to move the conversation? Is it to advance the conversation? Um, so, uh, first of all, brother, we appreciate that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks should realize that there are literally tens of thousands of folks who are coming into that space, a number of in, folks who are doing some incredible work all across the planet um, from, you know, not only the grassroots side, but as Clara shared also, you know, from the financial side, yep. uh, from folks who are focusing on policy. And, and also folks who are focusing on entrepreneurialism um, and all the incredible folks who are doing work in that innovation space, if you will. This gives the opportunity uh, for folks to meet individuals whom they might not have met, uh, for there to be cross-pollinization from different sort of genres and areas of focus, but also to make sure, uh, once again, that uh, those who are policymakers, those who are elected officials, See the energy that's behind this movement to also understand what, um, you know, are the accountability aspects that folks are looking for as well. But also the collaboration opportunities that exist. Those authentic uh, collaborative partnerships that we often mention can be built also in this space. Um, but it takes all of us being engaged, all of us pushing and, uh, and and all of us, you know, sort of holding ourselves and others accountable. Uh, Clara, you may have something you might want to share as well. Yeah,
4: I just love to add that for my money, the side events are actually going to be some of the more exciting things happening that week. Um, you have the GCAS suites, which is the stuff that's happening on the main stage. And then you have the GCAS streets. And that's what's happening at the Rise Climate March and at all these side events. You know, the official main stage events are going to be a bunch of hoity toity government leaders making sort of Week T announcements about things they're already doing. Mm. Look for the real action to be happening outside the summit.
1: So I guess Clara and Mustafa, I have have a question. And so I want to piggyback. I think that's a, that's a great question that was asked there. Mm -hmm. And it leads to, let's, let's get to some brass tacks. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason this person is asking a fundamental question that, in other words, why, why are there in essence side events to some degree? And there's always a need for voices to be heard. Mm -hmm. We understand that. But there's also a more deep component to this. And you kind of hit on it a little bit in regards to climate leadership. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you said earlier, and you kind of said it again, is that there will be a challenging, and I think that's what's very powerful about this movement, that they're just not just taking it, um, you know, the leadership as it is, they, you can be supportive, but you can also challenge. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying in some cases that when climate leadership, what is not climate leadership is if you're talking about renewables on Monday and then oil wells on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like that isn't climate leadership. That isn't what we're talking about. So. Can you kind of maybe get more into that? Because there's a discussion also, and I think you did mention what's going on with the EJ community. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, and you know, I'm from down south, shout out for all those I know who are dealing with Hurricane Gordon. My prayers back home on the Gulf Coast right now. I know they close schools and all that kind of stuff, so you hear my prayers. Um, but, Mustafa, I need you to kind of deal with that for a second because these side events do have a tendency to be people of color, women. Um, different the, the different communities seem to be the side events. Mm-hmm. And so you need to kind of explain a little bit how that actually builds power in this process.
2: Well, I mean, it, it's... I mean, this is just a part of the history of the environmental and climate movement where we, um, uh, in those senior leadership positions in organizations and institutions that have resources, that have a lot of folks, uh, in many instances there's a lack of diversity that happens in that space. Okay. Now, what we find is that in the climate justice, environmental justice movement, uh, and, of course, uh, the indigenous movement as well, that, you know, folks of color, of course, exist in that space and there is leadership that exists in that space that mm-hmm. is helping to drive real change that needs to happen. Um, and that's the beauty for me of the side events also is that there is some synergy, of course, uh, between, uh, the main stage, if you will, and folks who are actually the ones who are out there doing the work. Well,
1: do <laughs> the folks take the, the, folks take the side, I mean, mm-hmm. come on now. Do folks take those side events seriously? Or are they like the clip on, like shades on the glasses? Are they, are they like clipped on uh, on the outside? But when you get inside, you can take them off when you come yeah. inside. I mean, let's be real. Let's have, you know, this is the thing about yeah. if you're tuning in, you're listening to Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change. And we're having one of those. We're here with Clara from that Di- invest, divest invest and Mustafa Ali, uh, having, we, 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 get ready, we, going to have a real conversation. Please join the conversation at 202-588-0893. For Mustafa, But please explain, because I think that's what the fundamental part of that question is, is that are these side events just that side events. And are they taken seriously? Clara said that's actually where the action is. I like that response, but is, are they taking seriously? Because this is where the money is, the resources, the infrastructure, the solutions. Is this where are people looking for the genius from the side events? What is, why aren't they together? Explain that to the audience. Well,
2: uh, you know, I can't explain why they aren't together beyond the, the common things that we all know. I will say this, that if folks are not taking the side events uh, seriously. Okay. Then they're doing a huge disservice to the movement, um, and, and to the change that folks say they want to see happen. We have examples of how failure happens when we don't include the voices of our most vulnerable communities and others in the process. If you look at in the United States of America and the relationship to the development of environmental or climate legislation. The reason that it has failed in the past is because it hasn't had the support of the grassroots movement. Come on now, Mustafa. So that's real clear. Um, And I think folks have learned from that Um, from some of the folks that I've been around. I hope so. Mm. Uh, I hope that it's not a clip on. Uh, because if it is, then we will not win in relationship to the issues that we talk about around climate and, of course, uh, the environment. But this, hopefully, is an opportunity for things to change. If it does not change, then you will have folks, as, and I'll speak about in this country, who are going to vote. Okay. They don't care if you are a Come Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent. If you are not going to be serious on these issues, right. then they will find somebody else who will sit in those seats. Um, so that's just real talk. And I know, you know, sometimes people don't want to no, Oh, come on you know, come they, on with the real talk. I, I, You know, this is not a partisan issue, as all of us who are around this table. That's no, right. This is real. This, this is, is this very is, real. This Life is about and humanity. Death. Yeah. Yes, indeed.
4: Listen, I'd also add that these side events and the the March for Climate Jobs and Justice in particular, these are a referendum on Jerry Brown's climate legacy. OK, OK. This is a referendum on Claire, his legacy. What, do you mean, what do you say? You that? cannot call yourself a climate leader and continue to hand out oil and gas leases like there can. Mm. You just can't do it. And so people are out in the streets and they're going to be at those side events and they're going to be watching with Jerry Brown. Not what he says, but what he does. Woo.
1: It's it's getting hot in here, man. Listen, it's getting hot in here. You are tuned in to think 100 percent, the coolest show on climate change, call in. This is your time to call in at 202-588-0893. Or you can tweet at Think 100 Show or at the hashtag Think 100. And I think, Mustafa, you have
2: a question for us online. Yeah, Gary from Madison just hit us up. And Gary wants to uh highlight for folks that Governor Brown is about to sign SB 100. And he wants to know, how can we get other states to follow that example?
1: Okay, well, actually, I think we need to break down SB100, and then we need to have a conversation. So, uh, Mustafa, first tell the folks, what is SB100?
2: So SB100 is moving California to 100% clean energy by 2045. That's just so powerful. Um, and Gary, you're right. It and, and the core of our name. So this name,
1: the name of this show comes from that. Think 100% comes from that philosopher. I just want to make sure I threw well, it in there.
2: I, I like in, to it. think that they followed us <laughs> considering that the legislation is just now moving through. But, you know, it, it's so incredibly important for the rest of these states to level up, <laughs> to get themselves together. Um, because there's no way that we're going to be able to, uh, deal with these impacts that are happening from, you know, the storms, if we don't deal with the fossil fuels and uh, it's an opportunity. Um, and this goes back to something we talk about on the show. It's about the power of the people. That's right. You have to get engaged. You have to get engaged with the civic process. You have to vote. You have to push folks on your states and on the federal level uh, to do the right things. And, you know, you can't continue to assume that your voice doesn't matter because there are those uh, who are in power. Uh, who are hoping that that is the paradigm that you're going to operate from. Uh, Clara, you want to chime in?
4: I just want to say it's really important to give credit where credit is due. And one of the architects of the 100% Renewable Energy Vision is a gentleman named Mark um, Jacobson over at Stanford University. He has mm. mapped 100% renewable en- energy plans for countries around the world. showing Clara, give
1: some more background on that process.
4: Well, he, um, Mark Jacobson is, um, he's a professor at Stanford and he has mapped clean energy transition plans for countries around the world. He's mm-hmm. done it for almost every state in the nation. He's created pathways that show that it's possible to go to 100% clean energy with existing technologies today. We're not talking about some pie in the sky vac, carbon sucking vacuum cleaner. We're talking about existing solar, wind and water technologies and we don't need fossil fuels. And so his vision has been remarkable in giving governments and political leaders the the understanding that there's a mobilized constituency that has their backs as they work to advance these visions. And it's only it's only been possible because there have been maps laid out by people like Mark.
1: I love that. I love that. I love that. And so, you know, I think it's also important to note, well, actually, Mustafa, this is for folks who may or may not understand in that process um, one of the things with the think 100% as we like to say, or what it means to go 100%, um, um renewable in that process. Um, you know, why is, why is that important? Oh. Uh, and uh, before, let me, let me frame it this way actually, before I answer that question yeah. like this. A lot of folks, when they hear those numbers, mm-hmm. we need to go a hundred percent. And A lot of times there's some debating with our own movement and we had people say by 2030, by 2050. And so regardless of the time frame, mm-hmm. let's get to is it possible to get to 100 percent renewable? And then what will need to be done to make that happen?
2: Well, yes, it's definitely possible, but it's going to take commitment. Um, it's going to take the resources that are necessary, and it's going to take each and every one of us getting engaged in that process. If we don't do it, we know what's going to happen. We know that more folks are going to die from air pollution. We know that, you know, the, the bills that come in each and every year for these extreme weather events are going to continue to grow. Um, and we are going to take away economic opportunities from a whole lot of folks across our country and across the planet who are looking for clean, uh, renewable energy jobs. So this just transition can happen, but politicians are going to have to stop being beholding uh, to the fossil fuel industry. Um, and we're going to have to embrace those entrepreneurs who are going to be able to think about new uh, and innovative ways of doing things. Um, and if we don't, then we're going to have some serious problems um, mounting uh, each and every year as we go forward, both public health um, and uh, financially. So we don't have much choice.
1: Speaking of public health um, and clean air, I know – uh, please call in at 202 893 I know on the phone lines right now, my dear sister Heather from Mom's Clean Air Force is on the line. Heather, are you there? Yes, I am. My sister, how uh, are, how are you? So, well.
5: I am wonderful. Yay. How are you? <laughs> so good to hear your voice. <laughs> Man,
1: it is so good to hear your voice. We are asking about a lot of stuff. We have, we have Clara here in the studio here with us. Uh, from Divers, Emers, you know, we got your buddy Mustafa, and we're talking about the Global Climate Action Summit as well as all the marches. So, how I, I know the moms are are always marching, but what 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 are your thoughts on either the march or on the Global Climate Action Summit?
5: So, you know, moms are going to be there and on the scene, and with the Global Climate Action Summit, it is no different. We are excited to be hosting. One of the affiliate events, we're having a panel entitled Climate Action is Female, How Women are Supercharging Local Leadership for Climate Solutions. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to be doing is really just talking about women that are changing the face of climate, the climate discussion all across this country and globally by bringing our voices to the table and then encouraging other women to get involved with this conversation for the protection and health of our children's health. So we are super excited about this. It's going to be on Friday, September 14th at 8.30 okay. a.m. They're in San Francisco. And we are just, you know, we're encouraging everybody to come out. But, of course, to to dial into the information that's taking place um, for the Global Climate Action Summit. This is huge for us to be hosting this, and we want everybody to be a part of it.
1: One more time, if folks who, who who are just tuning in and they want to make sure and find, make sure the invitation, where can they go on the web to find that information again?
5: So they can go to momscleanairforce.org, and you can look there. We have, um, if you just put in Global Climate Action Summit, or if you go to the Global Climate Action Summit website, and there's a whole calendar of affiliate events, if you just put in mom in the search folder. Now. Find us right there and you'll be able to go in and register for our event. It is a free event open to the public. We just want to know how many people are coming so we can have enough coffee for everybody. I like uh, that. But we want everybody to come. We have some, some names you know. I know you know, um, my good friend and sister, um, Nataki Osborne Dill, Dr. Nataki Osborne Dill. She's going to be,
1: Rose, definitely.
5: Um, yeah, she's going to be joining us. Uh, she's going to be talking as well as uh, a young mayor from Maine, um, Samantha Paradis. She is the mayor of Belfast, Maine. These are just two of the people that are going to be on our panel. So again, we're asking everybody to go, sign up, come. It's going to be on Friday, September fourteenth, eight thirty a.m. at the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission building, right there on uh, the at the site of the Global Climate Action Summit.
1: Sister Heather, our phone lines are lit up, and I want to get to some of our the phone lines. I'm going to get to all of you in a second, but I do, have I have one. I have a question for you. I think this is very important because not only you, you are, are you a beacon, and this is a great example of what we want as far as a climate champion in our movement. But actually, you kind of hit on something. Why is it important um, for those who are listening Because so that to hear and respect and to follow the lead of women in this movement.
5: You know, Rev, women are doing some amazing things, as we always have. Don't mm. get me wrong. We've Come been the now. leaders from a number of movements. But this movement is so pertinent right now. And the action that's being taken place by moms all over this country, all over this world, is focusing on the fact that we have to step up and do something about our children's health and make our voices heard on this issue of climate. And let's face it, people are going to listen to their mama if they don't listen to mm, nobody else.
1: I know that's right. Listen, mm-hmm. my, my, my right now listen <laughs> right now. Yes, indeed.
5: <laughs> and so we, we really are encouraging mothers to step into that voice and to walk in that power of authority and ask people to listen to us because not only are we concerned and compassionate, we are serious about the business of protecting our children's health and protecting the climate for our whole world and the planet. So we're doing it from a place of love and a place of compassion, but also a place of power. And we encourage everybody to come with us.
1: Mm. Heather, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man, we're going to see you out in San Francisco. And uh, that, keep keep on keeping on.
5: Absolutely. Thanks so much for the space and the time, Brad
1: No, definitely. Man, if you were tuning in, you're listening to... Think 100% the coolest show on climate change. I want to keep up right with the lines and go right to, uh, uh, I see, I, one of my, my dear organizations, our dear friends, I heard three, I see 350. Sarah from 350. Are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Rev. Oh man, so good to hear your voice. I listen, the lines are lit up. I need you to break down for the people this, this, this march. I, we was in here doing level up kind of dancing, trying to get in shape for the march, but let us know about the march for climate, jobs and justice and what this whole rise for climate is.
6: Yes, thank you, and thank you for focusing your show today on GCAS and the surrounding events. There's so many exciting things happening. Um, and I'm here in Oakland, California, and uh, for those who don't know, we are doing a massive global day of action called Rise for Climate Jobs and Justice on September 8th. It was Saturday right before the summit begins to really raise the bar for what climate leadership looks like at the local level. So we are going to have over 500 events mm. happening in 80 countries across the world. Wow. From, yeah, it's exciting, from Peru to Colombia to South Africa, Nigeria, Senegal, France, Turkey, Ukraine, Thailand, Nepal, Tha- oh, I said Thailand, uh, the Pacific Islands, Australia, We're going to see amazing actions happening all over the globe, calling for stronger climate leadership at the local level. And really what we're saying is local and frontline communities have the solutions that we need to see, and politicians at every level need to listen to those folks. Mm. We need 100% renewable energy. We need a just and equitable transition, and we need an end to new fossil fuel production and extraction. So we will be rising up across the globe. Um, the main event will happen in San Francisco. Um, 10 a.m. lineup, 11 o'clock March. We're expecting tens of thousands of people on the streets of San Francisco. Um, we invite everyone to, to be a part of that. Um, and it's going to be a really fun day, really calling for, for uh, local climate leadership. So you can follow along at hashtag RiseForClimate. And we invite you to go to RiseForClimate.org
2: to find an event near you. Mm. Mustafa? Yeah, no, that that is super, super powerful, Sarah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I believe that we also have uh, Jeff from Montgomery who's on the line also to talk about one of the uh, local marches that will be happening. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for joining Think 100, the coolest show on climate change. Can you drop some knowledge on folks about some of the local marches that are coming up?
7: Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for all you're doing. While you are out in San Francisco saying what needs to be said, I'm excited that we up in Montgomery County, Maryland, are going to be getting ready for our big rally at 2 o'clock on the ninth, the day after the big San Francisco uh, rally for climate jobs and justice we'll be doing. Uh, our rally up in Rockville, Maryland, Montgomery County, you know, GCAS is a lot of it's about empowering local action, and what we're really building this rally around is the fact that in Montgomery County we've gotten over the last year a lot of really nice words said about climate from our local uh, government, but we're not seeing a lot of action coming after those nice words. So we're rallying to show some power and to tell um, our county leaders that we're watching and we want to see real action on climate in our community. And we're going to have some amazing speakers, uh, including our, our proud, uh, congressman, Jamie Raskin, who's a climate champion. Um, also really excited to have a Destiny Watcher from, up uh, in Ballmer County who will be coming down to talk to us about, um, her work getting, uh, trash burning incinerators closed down up there. And that's something we need done here in Montgomery County. Um, we have some music. We're going to actually have a great, uh, area for kids to do some, uh, Art and climate projects together, and we're going to have a good time. But also the main thing is we bring people together to tell our county leaders right there in Rockville that we're watching. We have a list of um, specific asks we have right now. We have an exciting situation because our leaders passed a resolution calling on an 80% reduction in greenhouse gases in Montgomery County by 2027, and that's a really bold, uh, bold target. But the problem we're seeing since these resolutions were passed, and that resolution was passed, in the fall by a big coalition of local organizations, including uh, 350 Climate Mobilization and others, is that when we go to try to get some policy changes made to enact those both goals, we're told that it's going to be too hard and we need to wait. And so we're here to tell our leaders that we are watching and we're not going to wait.
2: That is fantastic, Jeff. Thank you for sharing that. We're definitely going to have to have you on the show also. And, you know, it's so important, one of the things that you said, where, you know, sometimes folks will say that it's too tough to be... Uh, done for us to make the change that's necessary. Same thing they said when we got lead out of gasoline. Same thing when we had to deal with acid rain. People came together and made the change actually happen. So thank you so much, Jeff, again for the march that you guys are going to be conducting.
7: Thank you so much, and thanks for all you guys have been doing out in the Bay Area, and uh, we'll be watching you from over here.
2: Without a doubt, definitely,
1: definitely. So, not sure who else is going to be on, on on the line. We're trying to go all the lines, and I know time is t- time is time is winding down. So, I want to make sure and get clarity. So, I, I want you to have opportunity to give us some more of your thoughts as we begin to close out this rendition. First of all, thanks for being here.
4: You're so welcome. It's been such a pleasure. Did you have fun? I had so much fun, especially dancing to level up. I
1: know, I know. That's (laughs) the thing. So are you ready? So, like, uh, uh, seriously, are you you ready to march? Are you, you, will you be
4: marching? Oh, my gosh. I am marching in this fierce contingent with my boss, Ellen Dorsey, who I have to give a huge shout-out to. Um, Ellen Dorsey is the executive director of the Wallace Global Fund, and she's actually one of you. Doctor.
1: Ellen Dorsey. Doc, excuse now. Let's, me, Doctor
4: Ellen Dorsey. Um, <laughs> she is an unbelievable talk about moms and the, the leadership of women. She is a mom and she is a leader, and she is actually one of the first funders of the global divestment movement. Mm-hmm. Back in 20, 2010, you know when the Copenhagen Paris uh, or the Copenhagen climate negotiations had fallen apart, when Waxman Markey was just um, mm-hmm. you know ashes in a pile, she got together with a couple of other funders and started started to strategize and she was a student of the apartheid divestment era so she had some cues from there and she decided that there had to be a way that we could level this. We could leverage this divestment idea against the fossil fuel industry. So in those very early days, she helped to fund and strategize with some of the earliest students that got these campaigns going in 2011. And then of course, 350 blew it up when Bill McKibben published his seminal piece in Rolling Stone, uh, "Global Warming's Terrifying New Math." But we have to give credit to Dr. Ellen Dorsey for her role in this movement. Um, just back to GCAS, look, you know, it's a great moment to highlight, you know, the challenges and opportunities ahead. It's a really nice way to bring people together and talk about, talk about the greatest challenge of our time. But it can't stop there. You know, this just can't be a moment in time. We have to keep building on what happens at GCAS. We have to take the lessons learned. We have to take the energy and the, the passion that we all are going to share there and carry it into real actions that we work to implement in the days ahead because this problem is not going anywhere. Scientists are clear that we are about to cross cl- tipping points of no return. I mean, you literally won't be able to turn back the clock, and we're going to relegate ourselves to an unlivable unlivable planet unless we act soon. So I, my biggest prayer and hope for GCAS is that the words and the rhetoric there are transformed into concrete action.
1: So I'm not going to let both of you, Mustafa and Claire, I know we run out of time. I, I got to throw this in there, though. Go I got to make sure, y'all. I want to I try to, at the best as you can, I think, Claire, you kind of actually – went there that this is not supposed to be a moment but a movement. But let me just say this. We've had cop um before. We were out in Peru, we were out in, in France, we were out in Morocco. We will actually be back after this in, in Poland, mm-hmm. after, after the Global Climate Action Summit. We actually will have, there will be Climate Week after that in New York. Actually, we're doing something called the Great American EV Electric Vehicle Road Trip to actually connect the two. Don't forget to check out ourvillage.us with that. But I just want to ask you both, and Claire, you started and something, you kind of clean up here, is that we meet all the time. We meet all the time. So tell me in this next 30 seconds, why is this meeting? Why is the Global Climate Action Summit different?
4: Look, Ra, I'll be honest with you. I can't promise you that it will be. You mm. know, it's up to us. And I think one of the most important things that's happening is this giant grassroots mobilization in the form of the People's Climate Marches that will be taking place all around the world because they'll be telling those leaders in their, you know, air-conditioned suites at the Moscone Center that they're watching, and that their rhetoric is going to be tracked for the next uh, months and years. And basically, if those del- leaders don't deliver, the people will hold them to account. Um, so I think it's really important to keep our eye on the prize, that this is a movement, not a moment. And I look forward to working with all of you guys to keep this going. And we have to be really clear, um, the fossil fuel industry is blocking progress. And I really believe that divest, invest, and the power of the people to move their money out of the problem and, and into the solutions is one of the keys. And I think it's really great that we have an opportunity to share our news on the 10th before the formal summit starts, because again, we get to model what serious investor behavior that matches the goals of the Paris transition looks like.
2: Mm. Mustafa? I mean, it's real simple. Uh, Jamie and, and the great folks from This Is Zero Hour put it out just in the name of uh, of their movement and their organization. This is literally Zero Hour. Mm. We don't have time to play. We now have all these studies that are coming out. A study just came out that talked about our oceans. You know, 27% of our whales now have cancer. 45% of sea lions in certain parts of the world have it. You look at 8 million people dying worldwide from air pollution every year. And, you know, we can go down the list of these impacts that are happening. We know storms continue to become more intense. These flood events, these rain events, all these different types of things are taking a toll on the lives, and we also know that if we don't address climate change, there will be wars. There will be wars for water. There will Mm -hmm. be wars because of the migration of people trying to escape from places where there are the extreme heat events. They're already happening. Yes. So we have to address these, and this is zero hour. So for me, it's really that simple. We have There's no longer a choice. We have to address this issue. We have to come together, and we have to make the change that's necessary. Man, this showtime
1: goes so fast. Thank you both for being here. It was, this is always amazing. Uh, thank you for listening to Think 1%, the coolest show on climate change. If you missed something and you want to get some information, please go to think100.info. That's think100.info. We know we give out a lot of information out during this hour and we get ready. We're going to keep fighting y'all. And with that, the third part of our amazing team, let's end with Antonique Smith.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Think 100%, the coolest show on climate change, a Hip Hop Caucus platform. Let's keep this important dialogue going. Be a part of the conversation by following us on social media at Think 100 Show and at Hip Hop Caucus. Visit our website at think100.info for blog content, information on upcoming events, or to connect with us. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever podcasts are available so you'll never miss an episode. Rate and review us or simply tell a friend. Climate change impacts all of us. And if we think 100%, we can achieve a 100% sustainable and just world together.